Welcome to The Irony of Beauty, a fortnightly podcast hosted by skincare experts Fiona and Rose. They love a good chat and sometimes a heated debate about all things skin and nutrition, calling out scaremongering, misinformation and misleading marketing in an ever-confusing world of beauty and wellness. Please note, the information provided is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace qualified medical advice. Rose, let's get straight into it because Dave keeps saying to me, you're talking too slowly and you're waffling. Um, so you have to keep me today. <laughs> and I'm also looking at the time to make sure we we stay on track. Today, I think we're talking about your complete favourite, which is lunchtime treatments and most importantly, things that I'm concerned about, which is ageing. Absolutely. Well, these days... Um people are kind of steering more towards treatments that are effective, that create a lot of change, that don't take a lot of time to do and minimal downtime. So, um, yeah, clients are really a little bit more savvy um, in making choices with regard to what types of treatments they would like to have done and what sort of results they can really achieve in the fastest way possible, the most effective way with, yeah, less downtime really. So, yeah, I love talking about this topic. I think with me, for instance, if I'm going for treatment, it's really more about not having the downtime or if I know there's downtime, I really have to schedule it in to my, you know, into, into my diary because if you've got things coming up, sometimes you just don't want, you know, a week, two weeks downtime. So for me, downtime is a bit of a turnoff unless it's something that, you know, I know is going to have such a difference that it's worth it. But at the same time as well, I don't mind if treatments take a bit longer, because I also like to have a bit of uh, relaxation as well. So for me, sometimes I actually look for a long relaxing treatment, but if it's going to be something that's going to really make a difference, then um, if it's quick and you know, it's going to change your skin, then I'm all for it. So what's one of your favorite treatments? Well, I love Morpheus 8. Uh, fractional radio frequency for me is one of the most effective ways in changing skin, um, contracting and tightening that tissue, the coagulation that you get from that procedure, minimal downtime, really your red, you know, that whole inflammatory cascade the first 24 hours, but really it just slides right into a client's daily routine without um, being too invasive, you know. But that's going to give you, because I've had, I've had, the, so the Morpheus 8, right, it's radio frequency with sort of like a skin needling combined. That's Morpheus 8. Yeah, Morpheus 8 combines um, obviously your radio frequency technology with needles, but it's a very different treatment to a typical skin needling. Um, with Morpheus 8, the needles are basically stamped into the skin the needles are insulated, the heat is released at the tip of the needle. And as you're going into those deeper layers of the skin, it's sending that heat down at different levels. So you really are um, creating a beautiful heat within the skin to stimulate collagen, remodel the fibers, but also redensify that dermal layer, which is very important. Um, it contracts and tightens that skin tissue so effectively. Um, you can treat acne scars with it. You can actually treat acne with it as well deep lines, deep wrinkles, um, it will really restructure that jawline, uh, work on that double chin area. So it hits that fat 
and morphs those fat cells together in particular areas that are, you know, everyone's concerned about that whole double chin. Um, so if we can really contract and tighten that skin tissue and morph those fat cells together, it just gives a beautiful look to the skin, but also a beautiful structure to the face. I know there's, um, Little, been a little bit of concern with um, loss of fat um, in aging with these types of treatments. That's something that I do get a lot of questions about, you know, oh, is it going to, you know, take away the fat in my face? You know, that's going to make me look older. Um, it's going to hit that fat level, yes, but it's going to morph the fat cells together. It's not going to necessarily destroy them. It's going to give you, it's going to um, redistribute the fat cells so that it looks much smoother, which I think is something that we all want to achieve in, in the look of our face as we get older as well. Mm. So I've had the Secret RF, which I think is a very similar treatment. It's just a different manufacturer. Mm. And I've, I've also had Morpheus 8, but I had Morpheus 8 on the body and I had the Secret RF on mm-hmm. face. So both of those treatments from um, my perspective I really liked. I would say they are painful. Um. But one of the things that I found when I had the Morpheus 8, the girl that did it, she actually used a cooling, um, you know, with laser when you've got the the cooling air and she used that with it. Yes. So I was holding the cold air and I was moving that around as she was doing the Morpheus 8. And for me, that was an absolute game changer. It completely... um, I wouldn't say it was pain-free, but it made it very, very comfortable to the point where I was like, oh, that was nowhere near as bad as I I thought it was going to be. Um, When I've had it on the face, it was uncomfortable, but I did have one treatment where I didn't feel too much at all and admittedly I didn't really see any result whatsoever. Then I had it again with a different practitioner and I would say they went hell for leather. It was still bearable. And I can be, you know, I'm not going to tolerate pain that well. So if I can cope, basically anyone can. And I noticed a really good firmness in my skin and my skin felt really rejuvenated after and um, sort of a, a little bit tighter. So saying that, then my point being, I think it really does come down to the operator as well, how well they actually perform the treatment. Because if they... Don't have it high enough, you're not going to see results. But if they, then I also then worry about what you were saying about melting the fat because I have had treatments in the past. It wasn't the Morpheusate or the secret RF, but I have had um, Haifu where it has melted the fat on my face. Interesting. Yeah, that's a great point. Um I have tried Haifu myself um, and I've had plenty of Morpheus on the face and the body. Uh, you are right in saying that these procedures are very operator um, sensitive, very technique sensitive. Whenever, I guess, we purchase devices, I think the one thing maybe that could be lacking is you have to actually understand your device very intimately. You need to understand um obviously the client, the patient, their level of comfort, um, but also understanding that device very intimately, understanding advice settings, really tailoring it to suit the client is very important. Um, Obviously, we're using topical numbing to take the edge off the pain, but really tailoring it to suit that client, I think, is one thing I really try and focus on. So each treatment is really very different for every single client. Um, Yeah, And yeah, I do find 
my personal opinion, the Morpheus 8 to be a little bit more effective than Haifu. I have tried Haifu. I didn't see the results. There's no downtime with that, which I think some people do steer towards because they want, you know, no pain, no downtime. They want something that achieves the results without that level of discomfort. But I think um, the results will be compromised. I do feel myself in my uh, personal uh, professional opinion, Morpheus 8 is a real game changer. And yeah, um, devices like Zimmers can be really good. They take the heat out of the skin, makes it a bit more comfortable. So yeah, there's always the option for the practitioner to be able to use that. But I think my advice is understand your device very intimately and understand your client um, as well and really tailor every treatment to suit them. You know, you can lower energy, you can lower the settings, you can make it really a lot more comfortable. I think this is where it comes down to the skill and experience of the operator because I think if you've got somebody that that's new to the equipment, doesn't matter whether they're a nurse, a doctor, a dermal therapist, you know, it, it's basically how much training have they had on that particular piece of equipment and then how much experience operating it. And that for me really is key because if you do the same setting on everyone, that's when you're going to have issues. Because for instance, you know, my skin's very thin. Um, You could have someone that's got very thick skin. They're going to need different settings. Otherwise you're going to get different results. And I think that is where people fall down. They they get into their comfort zone. They do the same setting on everyone and then maybe they're not maximizing the individual results. So I think when you start looking at these sort of more, I wouldn't necessarily call them invasive, but they're a little bit more invasive treatments. This is where I think go to somebody that is really experienced in this and that's when maybe um, – recommendation is really, really important. So not necessarily going to the clinic that's got the special on. Um, you you really need to do your research with these treatments because I've I myself have experienced very different results and very had very different experiences. And I know many people that I speak to have as well. Some rave about these treatments and others are like, oh my God, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that again. So with the um radio frequency, the Morpheus 8 and Secret RF and combined with needling, how many do you think you need to really get a result on, say, more of a mature skin for having a firming or tightening effect? Well, that's a really good question because you do need to tailor it to suit every client. A client with a thinner skin is going to need a completely different setting and perhaps more treatments but less energy to redensify their skin and tighten it as opposed to a client that has a thicker skin, more resilient skin. You know, they may need less treatments with a higher setting. It depends on what you're really trying to achieve. So understanding that client's skin, understanding their capacity for wound healing is also very important mm-hmm. um, because essentially we are creating a controlled wound in the skin. You have got that inflammatory cascade. You want to ensure when you are prescribing these types of procedures that yes, you're going to be able to achieve the results that the client's looking for. Otherwise, they're going to be paying a lot of money and not seeing the results that they're wanting to achieve. And as a practitioner, you want to be able to facilitate these treatments and without any adverse reaction and also achieve the results for that client. You know, you want to create that change um, without being too traumatic. You know, you want to ensure the client's going to heal um, and see those changes that they're looking for. So how many treatments do you think, Rose, would three be enough? Three is a generally 
that's textbook minimum, right? So we always say three as a minimum for a client, but that can really vary. You know, it's really between three and six. Um, and, and like I said, it just depends on that client and what's going on in the skin. Someone with a thinner skin, um, you know, more aged skin, deeper wrinkles, is obviously going to lead, need a lot more um, treatments than, than a different client, you know. Someone with um, deep pitted acne scarring or active acne, you know, once again, the variation in treatments will also change. So it really depends on what's going on with that skin, what's going on with the health of that client um, and understanding your device and the settings on a very intimate level. level. You really need to have that understanding of how it's working in the skin, what you're actually trying to do and what you want to achieve. Um, And it's very different. I've even had um, reps actually say to me that, there are clinics out there discounting these types of treatments um, to, to get the clients in the door. But then clients that are having these discounted treatments are calling head offices saying, I've had Morpheus say I haven't seen any change in my skin. The reason being is because the practitioner is not doing the amount of passes that's required, is not setting the machine on the right settings, is not understanding the machine enough or what you're trying to achieve in that client's skin. So you know, I've even heard things of people reusing consumables just to save some money, you know, because the consumables for these devices are very expensive. You know, there's just a lot going on. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. And um, I think as well, getting the right setting for me is important because, as I said, I've I've had it done where, it, you know, it was hardly any discomfort whatsoever, but it did nothing. And then when I went back, the, the mm. next question said, oh, look, I think they were just being a little bit gentle on you because they wanted you to like the treatment. I'm like, great, but I didn't get results. So yeah. I'm going to make sure you get a result this time. But And I did, and it, it wasn't that uncomfortable. Um, a little bit of discomfort, but nothing I, I couldn't tolerate. So that for me is really important. And as we've already said, I think it's about how how much experience that person has, has had and how confident they are because otherwise you just won't get the results. And I think, you know, what, what do you do if you don't get the results? Exactly. You know, these clients are paying a lot of money. Um, it really comes down to understanding the device and your settings. You know, I've done this treatment on myself many times and let me tell you, I have I have sweated, I have cried, <laughs> but at the end of the day, when you apply a topical numbing um, and you adjust the settings of the device, it really is quite an easy treatment to get through. If it's that uncomfortable, I really feel like I have to question the settings on the machine and the practitioner's experience because I've had clients that have had full conversations with me while I'm doing this treatment. It's it shouldn't be that uncomfortable. It really shouldn't. I question what's going on if the client's really in that extreme amount of pain. Yeah, absolutely. And as I said, there's ways to manage the pain as well. And, you know, for me, that the Zimacola was a complete game changer to the point where I demand the Zimmer cooler if I'm having that treatment because it's <laughs> so good. Um, saying that, though, you know, how much of a treatment or how much of a result are you going to get? I think it's about managing expectations as well. You're not going to look like you've had a facelift. You know, how much of an improvement can you get? Because for me, I saw a bit of an improvement on the face, but I still got some jowling, you know, that didn't go away. So does that just mean I need more treatments or is that because I've got expectations that just are just a little bit too high? I think client expectations is a huge thing because 
the change that you can achieve with Morpheus is pretty significant. And I've seen um, some great definition in jawline. I've seen some great lift in skin, great improvement in nasolabial folds, um, even around the eye. It's amazing um, for that loose, crepey skin as well. But at the end of the day, as I always explain to my clients, expectations are very important. It's not like having a facelift. You literally cannot have that expectation that Morpheus is going to lift your face as a facelift would because that's a completely different procedure. You're talking about surgery. You're talking about manipulating the skin tissue, the muscles, tightening it up. It's it's a very different procedure altogether. Um, so that is a conversation that I have with my clients during the consultation process, making sure their expectations are realistic. Um, and essentially Morpheus 8 is not something you would do once a month for the rest of your life either because it's not that type of treatment. It is a treatment that you would do a series of, of procedures with and then you would move forward with other treatments after that to maintain the integrity of the skin, improve collagen, feed the skin lots of nutrients. It really needs to be a combination approach. Um, it, it Morpheus 8 or, you know, fractional radiofrequency is not a procedure that you would have done, like I said, once a month for the rest of your life. It's, it's unrealistic. It would actually not be very good for you, to be honest. No, exactly. I think, you know, as we've said before in previous episodes, too much of anything isn't going to be a good thing. So it's about getting the, the right treatment. Um, so we did mention HIFU. Yeah. And I've had HIFU, which is more of a high-intensity focused ultrasound. Basically, that's about tightening and lift, lifting the skin, but without the, the skin needling. I have had it and I, I did see some instant lifting actually. But what I did find, and I wouldn't have had it done if I'd known, is that it did melt the fat on my face. So now I sort of got very hollow in here and I mm. hollow in here. And that possibly was down to having the wrong setting on my skin. And I did I did speak to the manufacturers about it and they said, you know, we've got hundreds of different settings, so it really depends. It did completely melt the fat under my chin. So if you have a double chin, it's great. <laughs> um, you know, it literally mm -hmm. will get rid of a double chin. But I think as well, you've got to do it on the right person because I don't have any fat under my chin, but I do have a little bit of loose skin now. So now I need the radio frequency and the morphiosate to tighten that back up. So, you know, sometimes you think, you know, I start one thing and now I've got to have another thing to fix that thing up. And now I've now I've got to have something <laughs> else to like try and pad back out the the fat pads that I've lost. So for me, I am ultra cautious now where I go just to make sure the person I'm going to is is really experienced in that area and really knows the machine. So I think it's important to not be scared to ask people how much experience they've got in that particular um area not necessarily even the qualifications. It's like, well, how much experience have you had on this? How long have you been doing this particular treatment? Because otherwise this is where we can run into, into issues. And for me that I have spoken to so many people with the, with similar, similar feedback. So these treatments can be incredible, but in the wrong hands, they could possibly be more of an issue. So I think that's something to be very aware of. 
Oh, absolutely. And clients have every right to ask their practitioner on their experience, um, on their qualifications, how many treatments they've done. And I have clients ask me those questions all the time, you know. Um, and yeah, it does come down to experience with the devices. You know, skin needs everything. You know, there's a reason for everything. There's no one magical device that's going to do everything for your skin. That's why combination modalities are really important. Um, it's about choosing the right device for that client um, and understanding how that device is going to work on the skin tissue as well. You know, so I think consistency with a practitioner, having faith in your practitioner and how they're working is incredibly important from a client's perspective. Yeah. And that just comes down to getting to know and writing the and asking the right questions. Yeah. So I would say that that the haifu isn't as intense as say Morpheus 8 or the Secret RF. So you're not going to get as much downtime. Like literally high food you could have in your lunch break and go back to work and you won't have really, you know, you, nobody would really know. Whereas with say Morpheus 8, Secret RF, you are going to be red. Um, you are going to look like you've just had a, a treatment done. So you could have it done in your lunch break, but you will go back looking like a tomato. Yeah, and that heat does stay in the skin for a few hours. I mean, I don't think anyone wants to go back to work and have these questions asked by their colleagues. Um, essentially, though, with these particular types of procedures that do create some downtime, they are going to give you the most amount of change in the less amount of treatments. Yes. So it does come down to what the client's looking for. And at the end of the day, we have products in clinic um, that are post-procedure foundations that we apply for our clients and literally they go back to work and no one can tell what they've had done. That heat in the skin dissipates pretty quickly. The redness dissipates pretty quickly. And I think if you take an integrative approach with these patients that are having these types of procedures and ensure that they're on the right ingestibles, that makes a huge difference to the wound healing. It really does. Yeah, you don't have to preach that one to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm a yeah, I'm a big believer in that as well, for sure. Um, now, one of the treatments that I love, Rose, that I was really sceptical about, actually, and I was like, oh, God, here we go again. Um, but I did succumb, was the bioremodeling. Have you heard oh, yeah. of it? Have you had yes, that? Yes, I have. You have had um, it? Heard about I've it. tried it, yes. I have tried it on my neck, actually. Yeah, so bioremodeling, I actually quite like the treatment, but you also have to have realistic expectations of what, it's going to do for your skin. So essentially it's a non-cross-linked hyaluronic acid. It's creating that ground substance. It's basically not like a normal filler. It's smooth like honey, right? So it really dissipates into that, into that skin tissue and creates that more ground substance. And that basically means it's redensifying that dermal layer, which is what it's trying to achieve. So it's not going to give you that instant volume like a normal filler would do. Um, it's quite a subtle change. Um, it's great for areas like the neck, the back of the hands, great for the face as well, but it comes down to realistic expectations of that client. Um, it's some people are, have said to me, I'm not paying that amount of money for a filler that I can't see change with. Um, but it, or that instant change. However, I feel bioremodeling actually has a place. I actually do like it. I think it's quite effective a um, couple of treatments and I think you'll see the results, but it can really truly support the results of procedures like Morpheus 8. I think it's great. Yeah. And do the Morpheus 8 then the bioremodeling, not the other way around because potentially the Morpheus 8 could, I don't know if breakdown's the right word, but yeah, you would have that after rather than prior because it might sort of speed up. The yeah, it 
It does. And you're right. It interferes with filler. Um, I've had clients that have come to me with your normal filler um, injectables and I've done more for your sake because they hate the filler on their face. So it actually does interfere with filler. So filler generally, you really need six 10, 12 weeks in between morphiosate treatments. Botox, not so much. Two weeks is fine. Yep. But your injectables with filler, you really need to give a certain amount of time or as it will interfere. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I've seen it. I've even seen it with just regular um, skin needling, actually. So I think that's just something to be be aware of. If you are having filler, then um, don't have it right before um, something like your morphiosate or even Haifu, that type of thing. So with the bioremodeling, again, I agree with you. I think it's all about having the right expectations. I think if you've got a young, plump skin that's full of hyaluronic acid, then no, you're not going to see any difference whatsoever, really. I think, though, when you're exactly. when, when you're aging and you're losing hyaluronic acid and you're losing that plumpness in the dermis, that is when the bioremodeling, which is an injection of hyaluronic acid, is, is going to be most beneficial. The way I liken it is, or the way I think about it, is basically you are putting that that plumping back into the dermis. That's what it's doing. So you're going to get that dewy, hydrated skin, which I think is what people look for when they're using a topical hyaluronic. But I can tell you I've never seen results really from topical skincare when it comes to plumping in the dermis. Topical skincare, and we've had this conversation off air, I think, before about, you know, how far does topical skincare really go into the skin? We're really mainly working in the in the epidermis. So a, a topical hyaluronic acid isn't going back down into your dermis and and connecting back to your hyaluronic acid. Um, and that is where the bioremodeling comes in. You're literally putting hyaluronic back in and you are going to get that radiance and glow. That's pretty much what you're going to get from it. And, and apparently it does help with sort of collagen stimulation down the, down the track as well, which um, time, will, time will tell how beneficial that is. But I think for that instant radiance and glow, it can be really beneficial and you're putting hyaluronic back into the skin and I think you're going to get a much better result with that than a topical hyaluronic acid which still has it place has its place don't get me wrong you're still going to get the hydration but not that deep plumping that's where I think as well Rosie ingestibles really come in because I have seen way better results with collagen peptides which are working on your hyaluronic acid from a from a cellular level so when you combine, say, bioremodeling and, say, your ingestibles, like collagen peptides, you can see really incredible results. Combine that with topical skincare as well, you're taking your results to the next level. And that is so true. Everything that you've just said is really in my head. And that's how I work with clients as well. Topical skincare is essential. We need to, you know, obviously repair our skin barrier. The skin is going to look for nutrients from our ingredients from our skincare as well. We are only ever dealing with the epidermis when we're talking about topical skincare. So yeah, products like hyaluronic acid are not going to hit that dermal layer. It's unrealistic to think that. But it is going to help to hold some water to the skin. So I think, you know, the use of that topical skincare is important um, when we're trying to protect our skin barrier. But procedures like bioremodeling, um, I really am a fan of. I think it's a great way to put that hyaluronic acid deep into the skin layers, into that dermal layer to redensify it, to thicken it up, to plump it, to give it that beautiful luminosity. 
And then taking those ingestibles like collagen peptides will also help to support the effects of your bioremodeling and support the, the collagen production in our own skin. So this is what it basically means when we're talking about integrative approach. This is it. We're talking about everything that the skin really needs to create optimum functionality. Mm, and I think we're going to see more of that in the future as well. I think only in the past five years, couple of years really, that now it's becoming more, you know, everyone's now looking at, you know, diet, lifestyle, ingestibles, or most people are anyway, and combining that with treatment modalities and topical skincare. It's becoming more accepted now. It's it's quite a normal, oh, okay, yeah, collagen, people have heard of it. Whereas, you know, a few years ago, it was sort of like, no, no, it's just topical or no, no, it's just, it, it's, it's just what we're doing on the we, we haven't been looking at the whole integrative approach. And I think now that we are, I think that's a great thing for the industry. Most definitely. And, and wound healing as well, Fiona. You know, if we're going to go down the road of these types of procedures like say, like skin needling, whatever we're trying to achieve in the skin with a controlled wound, you have to ensure that that client is going to heal. And, and wound healing is... is is incredibly important with these procedures. You want to achieve the results. You don't want to give that client huge amounts of downtime that they have to take days off work. You want to just slide these procedures into their everyday life without being um, or without affecting what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. And, and to do that, ingestibles are incredibly important. Topical skincare is very important and treatments to condition the skin prior to these procedures are also very important. So working on the skin integrity um, is another way of preparing the skin for these types of treatments. Procedures like Morpheus say, um, I, I would never jump a client straight into. So if, if clients are wanting to try that treatment, once I've assessed their skin and really diagnosed the condition of it and really looked at them as a whole person, that is when I prescribe, okay, we need to do a series of this first before we go into Morpheus 8. Otherwise, your skin is not going to respond correctly. You're not going to get those results that you're really truly looking for. And you're going to invest money in things that you're not going to see enough change. So there's also that approach as well. Yeah. And even with things like skin needling or um, collagen induction therapy, I have seen, you know, I've been called in because I, I used to to train people how to do it, et cetera, and I've been called in when there's been complications to say, you know, can you have a look, what do you think's gone wrong? And it's when people have had skin needling and they just shouldn't have had skin needling. You know, I, I've seen permanent petechiae, which is like little micro hemorrhages on the skin and indentations on the skin where the skin was so depleted in vitamin C and had had really such a... Um, an inability for for wound healing it was so poor that their their skin never really healed properly from it and that was because that particular person was a a very heavy smoker they were on like 20 cigarettes a day so already they were very depleted in vitamin c and so could also see you know on the the forehead and the the t-section they'd gone a lot harder. They hadn't lightened the pressure and obviously it's more of a bony area. And so this was the area where they'd got that, that almost permanent scarring. Um, and then that, that poor client had to then go for a series of, of other treatments to try and sort it out. So I think, 
picking the right candidate for a treatment is so important. Understanding the wound healing, being able to recognize when the skin is in a depleted condition and it may not be suitable for this type of treatment is also really important as well. And sometimes just the topical skincare isn't enough. We really do have to look at diet. We do have to look at, um, in some situations, supplementation to support as well, because this this person should not have had needling um, for sure, because they just weren't, didn't have the skin to be able to support the wound healing. So that's another thing to be very aware of. Um, what are your thoughts on chemical peels? Because sometimes I, you know, I, people will go in for treatment and they'll say to me, oh, you know, I'm just going to pop in for a quick peel just to brighten my skin. Or I hear skin professionals say, come in, we're just going to do a quick pick me up and we're going to give you a peel. And I think sometimes peels are just given out to everybody. Um, and again, not everyone's suitable for a peel. I think that's a great question. Um, people overpeel their clients all the time. Remember when we're peeling the skin, we are working on that epidermis um, and you can overpeel to such a point that you create an inflammatory condition. I think peels are great. There is a place for it. But once again, it depends. What are you trying to achieve with the skin? What do you want to do with that skin? Is the skin integrity there to be able to handle a peel? Peels are a, a good way to work on skin barrier. They're a great way to stimulate cell turnover, great way to get great ingredients into that epidermal layer, but you can absolutely overpeel a skin and therapists do it all the time. And that client is also going to go home and exfoliate and probably using AHAs in their skincare routine and vitamin A. So there's just too much happening. There's too much exfoliation. Yep. Uh, yeah, so peels I am a fan of, but there is a place and I certainly don't keep a client on a series of six to 12 peels um, in any part of their treatment plan. No, I agree. I'm, I'm the same. I always say there's a time to peel back and there's a time to rebuild. And I think for some yes. people, some people may benefit for a peel, but a lot of people won't benefit. And I think in this day and age, We've said in previous episodes about, you know, it's not necessarily percentage, the higher the percentage of the better. I think it's the same with things like peels and with hydroxy acids. People get very caught up with, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to use a really strong hydroxy acid and my skin's going to look better. And often that's going to actually cause more disruption to the skin barrier and, and cause more issues and sensitivity and dryness and all the things probably they were trying to treat, they've actually now triggered and made a lot, lot worse. So again, in the right controlled manner, it may be of benefit, but some people just aren't suitable to those types of treatments and those types of products. And I I tend to have the opinion that we shouldn't be exfoliating Every day, we don't need hydroxy acids every day. Some skin may benefit if they've got sort of retention hyperkeratosis and that, you know, they, they've got a skin that that needs extra help. But um, do we really need to be using hydroxy acids every day on, you know, certain skin types just won't be able to, to tolerate it. So that's when I think, you know, we've really got to pick and choose and understand what ingredient for what skin type is going to be most beneficial. Correct. Yeah. And it comes back to diagnosing the skin. What do you want to achieve with that skin? What is the skin currently doing? And essentially the skin is not going to need exfoliation or AHAs every single day. It's going to tell you when it's had enough because then you're going to start to see adverse reactions. We want to basically retrain the skin to function itself in a healthy way. 
So we encourage it and nurture it with the right ingredients and the right treatments, but there's a really fine line that people do cross by over-exfoliating and over-introducing, you know, too many AHA ingredients for sure. I've seen that plenty of times. Uh, it's probably one of the most common things I think um, that I've seen. So I 100% agree with that. So any other treatments that are your favourites, Rose? Well, look, fractional radiofrequency, honestly, is probably one of my favourite treatments. Laser genesis is yes, another procedure. That. And that's mm. so non-invasive as well. That's a great one. I love that. It's such a great treatment. Uh, laser genesis is brilliant because you are bulk heating the skin in such a non-invasive way to stimulate that collagen. It works on integrity, on redness. It just gives that client one of those beautiful treatments to keep their skin in a really good place without creating a wound. Yep. You know, I'm such a huge fan of that procedure. Yeah. I've had a couple of treatments lately and it's just literally been uh, hands-on treatments with product. And I have to be honest, I didn't really come out feeling like anything, you know, I was like, oh, it's a bit of a waste of time and money because I didn't feel like my skin got anything extra that I couldn't have done myself at home. So I do think clients now are really wanting something even if it's led during the treatment to feel like there's something happening to the cells that you probably couldn't do yourself at home and i know you can get led masks at home but my point being just doing the hands-on treatments if it's a long relaxing one and you're getting the massage well that's different because it's a nice sort of stress busting relaxing treatment but just doing a 45 minute facial which is just sort of cleanse, exfoliate, you know, all, all those those types of things. Um, to me, I want more. Oh, and you're not alone. Everyone wants more. Everyone wants the value for money. Everyone wants those procedures that are going to create the most amount of change. But in saying that, there is a place for those types of treatments that do have the relaxation side mm -hmm. of things and do feed the skin the nutrients because skin needs a bit of everything. Um, it's just not something that I would keep a client on indefinitely because they're not going to see the changes that they're looking for. No, great for microcirculation, great for lymphatic drainage. It's feel good. Um, but these days, technology, it has been ever evolving in such a way that clients are now able to do lots of things for themselves at home. There are the home LED masks now. There, there's home treatments that clients can do at home in between coming into the clinic and having procedures. And me personally, I think it's it's a positive in industry because when you're really talking about skin health and wanting to achieve a healthy skin, for me, that's just going to completely support everything I do in clinic. So I'm a huge fan of helping clients to do things at home to fully support what I'm doing in clinic. For sure. And look, I'm the first to say I love a long, relaxing skin treatment facial. But it's got to be a relaxing one and it's got to have a beautiful massage and I'm all for that and I'm quite happy to go and have one of those every six weeks and then in between, you know, have something more invasive or something that's going to do more at a, a deeper cellular level. So there's definitely a time and a place for that. I think for me it's more when you go for an hour skin treatment, they don't give you the massage but they're just rubbing cream in. You, you, you know, so mm. you, you didn't really get the, the relaxing treatment um, and you didn't really get any electrical equipment or laser treatment and it was that sort of in-between treatment they're the treatments that kind of irk me where I feel like I didn't quite get value for money <laughs> I'm with you on that um I mean myself being in industry if I was to go and have a treatment that just involved a bit of massage and some topical product application I wouldn't feel like I'm getting 
value for money in what I want because I'm concerned with aging. I want to tighten my skin. I, I want to improve the integrity. For me, that type of treatment, I don't see value. But then another client might see value. So there is a, a place for things, but it really comes down to what that client wants to achieve. What do you want to achieve for that client as a therapist as well? What do we want to do? Because there's no point prescribing these types of treatments for a client if it's not going to give them that change that they're looking for. So once again, it comes down to the exp- experience of the practitioner. Definitely. So really, I think, you know, moral of the story is the treatment really needs to be customized and tailored for the individual skin type and you know we need to manage expectations as well so if you think you're going to look like you've had a facelift after these treatments probably think again (laughs) saying that you really need to find out what result you are going to get from this because some of these treatments roads are expensive like we're talking Mm. thousands of dollars um so then you've got to really weigh up how much of a result am I going to get from this And to give you an example, for instance, I was having, um, you know, I was thinking about getting some treatments on my, on my arms, on my upper arms um, for a bit of toning. And then I just thought, you know, this is going to cost me $5,000. Is it worth it? And for me, I was like, no, it's not because I know I'm not going to get the results. And I I tried to do a treatment. It was maybe a little bit of a result, but not enough for me to be able to spend that kind of money. So I think it's really important to understand how much of a result can you get? What are your expectations? Or, you know, do maybe you need to have surgery or you need something more invasive? And I think that's where we need to be honest with the patient as well, not to overpromise results. Because I think, say, something like the bio remodeling, you can get great results, but you need to manage the expectation. I knew what to expect and I'm over the moon with it. But if somebody thinks that it's going to be giving them a real lifting and it's really going to massively get rid of jowls and increase collagen, then you're just not going to get that kind of response from it. So I think that managing the expectation is a huge part of it and not over-promising to the patient because when we over-promise and under-deliver, that's when we run into trouble. Yes, and it comes down to the credibility of the practitioner as well. You know, I've seen some dramatic changes with Morphia Say on the body. Um, I've seen some huge changes on my clients in that treatment with regard to reshaping, uh, redistributing the fat, tightening the skin on, on all areas of the body. But it's also a conversation that you need to have with your client. There is a fine line between skin laxity and excess skin that does need surgery. Yes. Um, and then there's a fine line between being able to prescribe these procedures and saying, yep, you're going to get this type of change and this is what we're going to see. Some clients don't want to go down the road of going under the knife, which I totally understand because at the end of the day, you're going to have a scar. So what is going to play in your head a little bit more? Are you willing to take a slower approach in achieving the change with these amazing devices and having those expectations that, yes, it's going to take a bit longer, but you're working with your body to create that change? Or do you want to go down the road of going under the knife and dealing with a scar that you're looking at every single day? And at the end of the day, there's no guarantee with anything. You can go and have surgery, you can have liposuction and and end up with pockets of fat that haven't been removed correctly. You can end up with loose skin post-procedure. So being very, very well informed and having those expectations um, really understood 
from my level of expertise and dealing with clients every day is very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously surgery, lipo, all of that type of stuff, that is next level and that comes with way higher risks, you know, and complications and, you know, so so that's not something to be um, taken lightly for sure. And and that's, that's the next level, <laughs> um, which personally that completely terrifies me, the thought of doing something <laughs> like that. And some people want to, but I think they need to know the risks of, of what could be involved with those types of treatments as well. So these would be something that that just don't have that kind of, of risk involved as well, for sure. And of course, I think, again, find the right practitioner. So if you are going to be looking at these types of treatments, make sure you find an experienced tr- practitioner that you trust, preferably somebody that has been um, recommended to you rather than you just going blind and hope for the best. Um, and don't be scared to ask how long they've actually been performing the treatment that you are going for and how much training they've had because some um, clinics, Rose, I know just will have training from a member of staff that's had training and then it gets passed down like Chinese whispers and it might be an hour's training, whereas some clinics will really heavily um, get involved with training and their staff will, will go to regular training and do a lot, lot more training. So that's another thing. And that just comes down to, I think, finding the right clinic, finding the right staff member, and also going to somebody that you've been recommended to. Exactly. And it's evidence-based as well. So going to to trainings regularly and conferences, you're able to learn about different protocols, how practitioners are performing these procedures in, in their clinic Um, And you're able to adapt that information into your own clinic as well. Um, So experience is everything, but also having a therapist um, that also has been able to work on both sides of industry in the medical field and also working with a, a skin clinic that does have these devices available I think understanding both approaches is also very, um, it's a very positive way to explain to a client the end result um, and what they're wanting to achieve, you know. So, you know, having a more diverse um, level of experience with your practitioner is very important. Absolutely. Well, I think we've covered pretty much everything today on these treatments. Well, we probably haven't covered everything, let's face it. We could be talking for another five hours. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love this topic. Um, uh, I can talk for such a long time on 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 this topic. I think it's great. So, and I just get excited how the industry is just evolving and changing all the time. And I guess it's just so satisfying to see changes for clients. That's what I love about what I do. Just at being able to achieve these changes with incredible devices is huge. Know. Um, you know, it changes clients' lives and and gives them such a level of self confidence. So. I guess from a practitioner's point of view, I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't recommend them what I felt they really needed and what they were looking for. So really taking a, taking the time to understand them for me is a big part of what I do. I agree. I agree. And I think it is exciting what is available. Um, and it's more exciting the older you get. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Because we see all these changes as we get older. It's like, oh, that wasn't there yesterday. What's happened? <laughs> I, know, I know. And um, something I find fa- fascinating is, you know, the housewife shows, Housewives of Beverly Hills. If you actually look <laughs> at some of them now compared to 10 years ago, they look younger now than they did 10 years ago. So I try to work out what have they had done? Have they had surgery? Have they had a, you know, was it the bioremodeling? Have they had morphosis? What is it they're having done? Um, 
I find that really fascinating because some of them look incredible. The, the actual texture of the skin to, yes. to what it did 10 years ago. And I, I do think a lot of it is, I mean, some of them probably have had surgery, but others, I think a lot of it is just having these more um, advanced treatments now. So for me, it's like, great. Those treatments are out there and it's just about making sure you find the right person and the right treatment for you. Agreed. And I think at the end of the day, everyone wants to age in the healthiest way possible. We all want to look good as we get older. So it's finding what's right for you. Um, and yeah, really trusting in the level of experience of your practitioner. Very important. Absolutely.